All right, uh, this is the place where sports opinions collide. Dead in sports. I'm your host, Kenneth B. Inch. Joining me on the show, we have just me <laughs> and Spike. What up, though? Yep, so uh, we appreciate you guys showing up and kicking it with us. Hey, um, I know March Madness is pretty much over with. The national championship is next week. Yeah, Monday. Um, but go back and watch Manny. He was on the uh, uh, podcast, uh, Bracket Breakdown, with the I Hate the Homies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he held it down, man. He did a really great job. So uh, just go see how – now, I, y- y'all already know Manny's a Duke homer. So he had Duke in there. So just disregard that because he was picking with his heart and not his yes. head. Uh, so that one won't make much sense. But everything else, just <laughs> check and see if he uh, if he nailed it. See if you know what he's talking about with sports. So he was hard on Gonzaga too. He was giving Gonzaga. I know, man. Hard yeah, time that. yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what you got for us, brother? Um, Lamar Jackson. I feel like me and you could tackle that pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it came out today with the tweet that um, he wanted to be traded. And the Ravens have had this information since the 2nd of March. And right before Jim Harbaugh took the podium today, 90 huh. seconds before he took it, they released this. Um, so people who are critiquing, who have critiqued Lamar about his strategy, not having an agent, not be able to play you. their game, me, <laughs> me. <laughs> He he. It, this was a chess move. I liked it. I liked that he dropped this right before Harbaugh had to go out there and talk about it. And then people started doing the research, and then they showed that Harbaugh had the press conference to where he said, oh, me and Lamar are good. This was the day after he requested a trade, but he didn't even mention that. So Interesting. Lamar's strategy game is 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 coming to to forefront here, Ken. What you think? So we had a press conference today. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything interesting we can glean from not from Harbaugh's press conference other than – So Wait, wait, wait. So Lamar Jackson didn't have a press no, conference. No, he just put a tweet out. He ah, tweeted okay, his fans. Okay. And in the tweet to his fans, he was saying, hey, man, I requested a trade on the second. I got appreciate it, y'all. I appreciate it, Baltimore, it. but I know it's not going to work out. Here it is three weeks later. They ain't traded me. They ain't mentioned it, so I want to let y'all know. He did that right before Harbaugh's press conference. They said it was released literally like – 90 seconds before he went on it. So it was strategic, it looked like. Yeah, pretty slick. Yeah. Uh, somewhat petty. I respect it. I like it. Um, Give me my money. This is <laughs> interesting in the sense that in our sports chat, we were talking about two other quarterbacks that have entered negotiations, mm-hmm. guaranteed money on the table, and we'll see how those play out. We do not know. It's in the future. We can't see that. All we do know is that typically white quarterbacks don't have these issues um we know that the guaranteed money seems to be an issue at least fully guaranteed because right. of Deshaun Watson and we do know that there's speculation that they are colluding against Lamar Jackson my thing is if you're the owners are you colluding against Lamar Jackson and what impact will that play with the other quarterbacks that are on the on the that are coming up like Burrow and Herbert and if this only impacts Lamar, how would this look on the NFL? Let's just say Burrow and Herbert get their money. Because the thing is, is that each owner is independent. Right. So they can collude against Lamar 
and then turn around and hand them boys guaranteed money because they have the right to do so. So it's like, what are you really doing do here? Right. So I, I like what Lamar did. I thought it was very strategic to put that out there. Uh, we know that that date came and went, right? Right. So nobody yeah. made a move for him. Said anything. Yep. They, they act like it was all good. Like yeah. the day after he requested the trade, they have Harbaugh at the podium saying, oh, I talked to him. We're trying to work it out. It's <laughs> more like, nah, we ain't even spoken. Yeah. So, yeah, man, the fact that on March 2nd he requested a trade says a lot. It does. And this whole process, you know, every once in a while Nick will bring it up. And it, at one point it felt like it was weekly. And I can't fully remember, but most of the time when you want a quarterback, when a quarterback has been able to win, you go ahead and sign them, you lock them up. And look, and it took him a while for that, but I didn't. I don't think Jerry really wanted that. I don't think he did. You know, so I, I I was on record saying that, and they eventually got the deal done. But I felt like he almost had no choice. Yeah. So I felt like the Ravens feel like they can find somebody else. They won these games off of the back of Lamar Jackson, not off of a system. I think they want a more traditional system in place, and not a Lamar Jackson show. Well, they ain't got to depend on him as much. Yep. And I think that's the reason why they never – it makes no – there's no reason why they didn't give this man weapons over four years if they were not – That's that tells me a lack of commitment. Especially as how good their front office is. Yep. Like it, it doesn't make any sense that they have receivers or running backs or people who could implement. Even though they did build the offense around him, and I get that. What was Shit. interesting to me is that – the thing that we keep hearing from the Ravens ownership, even Ozzie Newsom, is, oh, we don't want to be the people that are going to give him the guaranteed money. We think it's worth it. We just don't want to continue the precedent that the Browns set. Mm -hmm. Like they came out and they said that. So it, it, are you, they, it seems like they're more scared of pissing off the other 31 owners than they are the, what, 50,000 Baltimore Ravens fans that they have? Well, that's the thing. Well, we we do have some Raven fans that um, that listen that watch the show. Igwe, yeah. I would love to hear from him, but I he's would. black, so of course he would support Lamar. But I want to hear from the white fans. I would, I would but, like to hear. That. What are the other fans saying about this whole situation? So that that's what I want to know. Q, what up, bro? I can't wait. Yo, to yo, this. yo. What's good? What's good? What's up, brother? Special guest, y'all. You've been all right. We ain't seen you since, since a long time. I'm running from the mob, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we up, happy bro? to have you back. As What's a up? Cowboys fan, I'm happy to have you back. Oh, yeah. No, you're feeling good right now, aren't you? I like it. I like it. Your Absolutely. man finna win MVP. Oh, yeah, shout out to Adrian Wells, uh, member for 17 months. We appreciate you, bro. Wait, who about to win MVP? Wait, nobody about to win MVP? Oh, MB? MB. Oh. Okay, I, I was like, I thought Mahomes <laughs> got that. No, I'm talking about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I, I and I haven't seen much from the the Ravens fans' perspective, mainly white fans, uh, and how they feel about this. I don't understand why the owners are acting like it's such a like they mortgage in their future so much. Like giving Lamar Jackson two hundred and fifty million dollars doesn't seem like at twenty six years old. It doesn't seem like his far. Like he's easily one of the top ten players in the NFL. He is, but that's based on physical talents. Yeah, running and Vic like 
it's unfortunate they haven't really given him receiving weapons because we it's hard to grade him on his ability to pass, pass. Yeah, if he had because we haven't really seen a lot of evidence of that in the NFL the way we suspected he could do it when he was at Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and 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 that's where that's where I'm I'm kind of torn because if you give this man if I'm the organization I give this man a five year what he's asked for four or five year contract yeah five so that's thirty one two forty and let's just say by year two and a half he ain't the same and we've seen over the last couple of years that he hasn't played a full slate of games because of his physical style of play by default because he don't have anybody to throw it to so then what because you're paying this man let's uh, forty. 40 Five, mil. 46. Is what he four, let's for. just say 46. Yeah. Let's just say 40. So that means for three years, you're paying this man $120,000 million. For what? Why not mm. just give him the three year deal then? Like, if, if my concern is his, like, over time, that his body is mm-hmm. going to break down, I feel like the. For a quarterback of Lamar Jackson's stature who's won a unanimous MVP and only one other quarterback has done that, I feel like that there should be more owners that are willing to say, okay, well, we're not willing to do that, but we are willing to work with you to get you in the building. Like the Jets, the Colts, the Jag, like well, not the Jaguars, but the Jets, the Colts, the 49ers, they're teams that could use him, and tomorrow they, like, are Super Bowl contenders. Mm-hmm. And it's strange that no, like I read a uh, ESPN article, and they were talking about the top ten teams that probably could could get him, mm. and they got quotes from people from the team, whether it would be a GM or just a communications person, and nobody other than um, Robert Kraft was open to it. Out of ten teams that even could get him, like the Falcons were on there, the Colts were on there, all of them were like, well, we have a quarterback. The Lions were talking about how golf was just the perfect fit for them and they wouldn't do it. Um, the Patriots said, Robert Kraft's like, well, Meek Mill's a good friend of mine and he recommended me, but it's up to Bill Belichick. So he left the door open and he was the only one that left the door open. But I find it surprising that all of them were like, nah, we're not fucking with it. We're not doing it when it could help possibly win a Super Bowl. Uh, it depends on who's helping to win the Super Bowl, but this is interesting. So I appreciate you guys for showing up. A uh, lot of lot of comments from uh, a few Baltimore fans here. So uh, let's throw this one up from Jordan House, huge Ravens fan. Their Reddit sub Ravens is a mm. showcase of white aggression, privilege, calling out Lamar's IQ and referring to his mom as Mammy. <laughs> and there was another one that said that they were split on what to do with him. Uh, hopefully I can find that. <clears throat> While you're looking for it, I heard Bomani make a great point. He was talking about how people ridicule a Lamar Jackson or a Kawhi Leonard for employing like their uncles and their moms. But he pointed out that Kawhi Leonard's uh, uncle worked for Charles Schwab. Like he was a negotiator for him. <laughs> like these are, like, he was talking about how when people do decide to take on these responsibilities, it ain't just like Uncle Jimmy from up the street. Like these people are fully on for the challenge. And the same thing with Lamar. You know, one thing I want to, yeah. one thing what I want to, uh, 
One thing I want to say about the whole Lamar situation is it's a classic case of moving goalposts. It's a classic case of trying to hang people for their talents. But when the talent wants to be paid for like how gifted they are, then it, then they want to diminish the value of that talent. Uh, there's a couple of misnomers. As an Eagles fan who's watched Lamar's career, I've always appreciated his ability to leave the pocket, but I also understand that he's deeper of he's more there's more depth to his game than just scrambling out the pocket. Um, one of the things that really pisses me off about this conversation is Lamar gets hurt when he's in the pocket. He doesn't get hurt when he's outside the pocket. That's one thing that people don't talk about. And that's because I don't think the Ravens have put full attention to building him a mid-2000s Cowboys-type O-line. Uh, you know, Spike, you know what I'm talking about with like Tyron Smith, Zach Martins. They haven't done that for him. And they certainly haven't gotten to get – they certainly haven't found him a, a Des Bryant or Jason Witten. They certainly haven't found him an Amari Cooper, one of the guys that can just go get it. You know what I mean? Somebody who's a number one wide receiver. Um and I think the reason why he's not getting paid is not because he can't get healthy or he can't stay healthy for the last half. I'm sorry, for the first half of last season, he was a runaway MVP. He was willing the team to victories and his body finally gives out because he can only extend the play for so long for, for so long. When you are in the pocket and your guys can't get separation, you got to hold the ball for long. But when mm-hmm. he trembles outside the pocket, then he becomes you know, he gets crucified for having to get outside because no one can get separation. So when he's getting injured inside the pocket, now they want to use that and say, he can't stay healthy. I don't like that. Number two, the reason why that they're not trying to pay him for real is once again, it's not because of his health. It's because he is represented by his family. He doesn't have a middleman and they don't want to set a precedent to give somebody a guaranteed contract when they don't have a middleman. They don't have, Mm. you know, a rich Paul beside them or and even in that case they still don't like lebron the fact that he brought his guys in and um when you see uh the Kawhi leonard example that like you brought up everyone loves to you know give popovich all all this praise and shit but i still remember that posse comment that he made about Kawhi. i don't forget shit and i don't like that when people want to you know talk about us using our resources to bring our people into the fold that's a posse it's bullshit. And that's why, in my opinion, they don't want to pay Lamar because he's bringing along his people, his tribe, to actually go to bat for him. So now it's all about, oh, well, he gets hurt and he can't stay healthy. But you don't get nobody who can get separation. You don't beef up the O-line to give me max protection. So what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to be black Superman and nothing can be my kryptonite. And now they want him to just die on the altar of playing in the playoffs without a contract get hurt again or get even more hurt. Now they get to negotiate in the position of power. And that's that fuckery corporation shit that they do to us in all industries, diminish our value, diminish what we bring to the table. And when we're in a position of weakness, then they want to throw us a bone and act like we're supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? Congratulatory to them. I'm not with that shit. And I think Lamar is being set up and I think that they got him in the BMW like Shug and Pot. This shit's crazy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you're right. And that's that's a really, really good point that you brought up. Like, even if they were willing to budge <clears throat> on that guaranteed contract, they don't want it to be with someone who has self-representation. 
Because now the next person coming through the door, like, oh, well, shit, Lamar didn't need one. He got the highest contract in quarterback history. Why would I need an agent? Then you kind of shoot their whole agent system down. Because they were even going hard about him having someone reaching out and contacting teams who wasn't certified by the NFL. But what does that even mean? <laughs> well, they did that to Rich, Rich, uh, Rich in Paul the NBA. with the NBA. Yeah, yeah. they tried that with the NBA. Mm -hmm. These guys are smart. Yeah. And see, I didn't know that uh, whole story about Kawhi and his uncle and Kawhi's uncle's background. career. Yeah. You know, background. It's interesting in hearing that and not knowing that, but just knowing how this world is set up and structured, that if anybody here, yeah, he's represented by his agent, the automatic assumption is that he don't know what he's doing. Yeah, he's Because you don't know his background. Right. And yeah, his uncle don't know what he's doing because you don't know his background, which has all been created and uh, just media. by the media, yeah. well, and white supremacy. I was the same way you were. Like, you, they say Uncle Jimmy, and you got this automatic thought that you're thinking in your head, whether it's right or wrong on our part, you still are thinking because that's how they're presenting it. Like, that's oh, how we've been brainwashed. man. Yeah, yeah we've like, been oh, brainwashed uncle in there. not but, think that black people can be smart enough to yeah. do that sort of in thing. An industry, it's from yeah. corporate America. In an industry built on nepotism, they want us to think of self-sufficiency and family business as, like, unprofessional. But why the mm. fuck does Jerry Jones' family have say in the Cowboys? What do y'all, like, I'm not even trying to shit on the Cowboys. I'm just bringing up, like, what do the Haslams have to do with their teams? What do the Rams ownership, they have brothers and people that, that they bring along. It's nepotism. But when we mm -hmm. want to be nepotistic and actually bring along our cousins or bring along our boys from our neighborhood, then, oh, no, no, you're breaking the rules. So, um, no, it's already coded, man. Yep. And also, and also yep. Lamar Jackson has led the league in passing. Uh, passing yards for one year, if I'm not mistaken, or two years, if I'm not mistaken. So this, so this whole notion that he can't throw the ball, even with the average age of his receivers the last two years, what being 29 years old or something, if I'm not mistaken, somebody actually yeah. for me, that is utterly ridiculous. You're bringing guys like Sammy Watkins who are on their last legs. You're bringing in, you're trading Hollywood Brown, who yes, he's not a number one, but at the end of the day, Hollywood Brown still has fresh legs. He can still get some separation has drops here and there, but at least you're keeping your QB happy. Well, I think they're cousins, right? So this is just utterly ridiculous, man. I think that Lamar Jackson is being pinned to a cross for his talents. They're saying, oh, well, if you were so talented, how come you couldn't evade getting hurt? I was in the pocket, and I still got hurt. Agreed. And even, not even from a league standpoint, broaden it to a media standpoint, I don't even think that they're holding the teams accountable like – Never before in history has a quarterback like Lamar Jackson been available. You're talking about a, a unanimous MVP. And, yeah, he has injury history. Yeah, maybe 11 games a year is what it averaged out to. But for those 11 games, you got a top five quarterback in the league. So when you have a team like the Jets who say, oh, man, we don't want to negotiate in bad faith because we may be getting Aaron Rodgers. That way we don't want Lamar Jackson at all. But nobody in the media is holding him accountable. Being like, that's that's dumb. Mm. Like, why wouldn't the 49ers are talking about, well, Brock Purdy, man, he's our starter. He's done enough. No. If Lamar Jackson is on the line and you got the talent like McCaffrey and you got Debo, why wouldn't you try to go get Lamar Jackson? But nobody is saying that. Everybody is talking about, oh, he doesn't have an agent. Oh, he wants this much money. All of these teams out here, like, they have money to spend. This is the NFL, bro. Y'all print money. If you're talking about a Super Bowl, being the most important thing to your franchise, 
There are a lot of franchises that should be on the hook right now. The Lions, the Jets, the 49ers, like all of those franchises, if they had a quarterback like Lamar, they favorites tomorrow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, it was something you said. I was, I was, I was going to say something to it, but I forgot what it was. Damn, we know y'all. We know y'all. <laughs> um, God, what was it? Shit, I can't remember. What else we got? Damn it. A-Rod going to the Jets. Um, it's been at least a month now. He's went in and out of his darkness room. <laughs> They're still holding, waiting on it. My question is, do you think that the Packers have the advantage here or the Jets have the advantage, or is this just something that they're stringing out for clicks, media? I find it interesting that nothing has been done so far. So, oh, I remember now. So, and it's related to actually this. So who put that story out uh, about this? Well, A-Rod said it, right? Mm-hmm. A-Rod said he wants to play for the Jets. I want to play for the Jets. All right, Jets, cool. Yeah. But it was rumored before then, and then A-Rod confirmed it. So, um, hmm. Uh, I do not know who has the advantage. I've, it may come down to this wish list that he got, this little Christmas list that he has, <laughs> um, and it may not. I'm unsure, but it's out there now, so something has to, be get, has to get done. If they are all in on Jordan Love, they being the Packers, and A-Rod is on his way out the door, then it just, I guess it comes down to terms. And going back a little bit to Lamar and why I asked who put the story out, it was something I think, Nick was saying about Cowherd and how mm-hmm. Cowherd is all on the Ravens side instead of Lamar. Right. And Cowherd been on watch since he started pushing that agenda <laughs> against Tomlin. He walks the line. Yeah. He he start when he started calling out Tomlin for winning. Yeah. And and started to give other players, coaches passes. I, I started watching him around that time. And I realized at that moment that he's being bought and paid for. Mm-hmm. Same situation here. I refuse to believe that you would have another quarterback that could be as successful as Lamar Jackson and he would side with the ownership. You know, mm-hmm. I just refuse to believe Agreed. that because he doesn't really have a history of doing that when you win. Um, but anyway, so you have to be very, very careful about what you consume from the media. That's why I said, so who put what out when it came to this story? So if it's coming straight from the player's mouth as it did, then good. Now it's a matter of how we're going to make this thing work for both of us. So, yeah. What say you? Uh, About the Aaron Rodgers situation, about who has more leverage, or are we talking about Lamar and the media? Both. I want to hear your thoughts on both. I think, um, once again, it all comes down to power. And, you know, power is only housed within institutions. And your institutional power has to be levied by people of good prospect and good conscience. And I feel as though that there's very few people in the NFL who are willing to actually build a house for us as like a people to actually say Mm. that we need to go for our own economic power. We need to go for our own social reality. We need to go for our own... um, inhibitions man like we need to release all the all these inhibitions of wondering what they're going to think about us if we say we're not playing for a couple games if y'all don't do this the reason why people are scared to do that in the nfl is because we don't have institutional power we're 
really just contracted employees. And we need to follow behind in the NFL what the NBA and what the MLB do with their labor rights because they don't, like what Shannon Sharp said today, which I 100% agree with, and regardless of how I feel about Shannon on other days, this is 100% true, uh, MLB don't let you take home count, hometown discounts. There, There is no one-year deal for Aaron Judge to go play with the Yankees to satisfy the fans. To be so real, as a fan, fuck the fans because it's not about us. This is about black people, people of African descent, people of Latin, Latino descent feeding their families. And if we're talking about institutional power, we should be looking at this as an avenue to feed our communities. But we don't, and we're not there yet. But this is step one. Step one is who are the people who have access to the coffers of power and capital? And if we're going to be contracted in their games to be playing in their leagues, we need to be able to to rally our support, rally our labor base and say, we're not going to be treated this way. The fact that you have Amazon, the fact that you have Twitch and all these different deals coming in through the NFL and whatnot, that should be a disrespect to everybody who signed, uh, you know, a, a collective bargaining agreement with the NFL. When you see Jeff Bezos signing on, you think that, that means you have billionaires behind billionaires so that we have funding on top of funding so you can't find money for lamar jackson but you can show me a concert on amazon thursday nights now there's going to be a black friday game now there's going to be a thanksgiving game on top of a new year's day game on top of a like what so we have rihanna and asap rocky performing after the thursday night game how how much did you pay them versus how mm -hmm. much are you paying the people who are the concessions people how much are you paying me in my contract as as the 31st man or the 28th man or what I, I don't i don't care who it is everyone should be looking at this as a slap in the face so when you see the mascots like like uh, colin cowherd who come out on fox and are just stenographers and mouthpieces and puppets connected to the feeding tube of these euro-american in industries like the nfl they will turn around and tell us that we're insane for wanting our own reality or for wanting a, just a piece of the pie and being able to bring in our people to have some level of nepotism, which I just call it closing ranks. If we, we need to close ranks with it, they close ranks in every other industry. And as long as we're going to continue to be contract employees in their games, people like Colin Coward have to push back because they have to curate the young minds of the fans who don't understand this is an economic game. This ain't got shit to do with football. This ain't got nothing to do with the NBA. This is labor, mm -hmm. right? Here at the end of the day. And you have billions on top of billions of dollars that are just being thrown around, people evading tax codes. But Lamar Jackson's the problem because he brought his mama in. Like, are you crazy? This is where, <laughs> this is where, this is where we at. So, and the same thing is kind of with the Aaron Rodgers shit. I think that, on both sides, they're kind of at like a meeting of the minds now where they're probably going to end up getting a second round pick out of this. They're not going to get a first because he's older, but they're probably going to put conditions on another pick maybe next year if he's able to get to like the second round of the playoffs or if he gets a first round by, then they'll put some conditions on that pick. But I think that the deal should be done in the next week or so because they have to make the schedule. And this is no longer about what the Jets or the Packers want. If Aaron Rodgers wants to go to New York, the league is going to make it happen. Shout out to uh, CD member for 17 months. He said, wouldn't it be smarter for New York to shift to Lamar? They got Daniel Jones. No, nah, he's talking about the Jets. <laughs> he's talking about the Jets, oh. man. And I agree with that, and I don't understand 
why the ESP, well, I understand it, but it's damn near uh, negligent that the ESPNs, the Foxes, like no one is calling the Jets out on this. Like y'all going for Aaron Rodgers, who was below average last year. Yeah, he's been had a great career, but like Lamar Jackson can turn your franchise around. Like you talking about somebody that can go to New York City and be a superstar, and the gift and the curse of it too, I guess with the agent would come in if he had one for this New York deal, they could relay to him the information. Like you don't need this guaranteed money if you're going to New York City. Because there's going to be a lot of other stuff that's going to come with this. I just don't understand why they're not being held accountable to, like, y'all should be going after Lamar. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Why? Read this other super chat from Devontae. Why is defense not considered for the MVP in the NBA? NFL, you only play one side, but that's not the case in basketball. It's not as impacting to the game as offense, in my opinion. Like Marcus Smart was the defensive player of the year last year. I think maybe he's talking about like, like as part Jokic. of like what you do. Uh-huh. So Jokic put up all his oh yeah, uh, but he doesn't play defense. triple double. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So why is that not? Well, a I, you know, I think I think it's utterly ridiculous that number one, I don't have to demean another player to lift my guy up, but I do think that once again, media narratives that are trying to make a point, the NBA is trying to find the next face after LeBron, and Luca refuses to you know get on an aerobic bike, so it's probably not going to be him. And when you think about Jokic, he kind of fulfills like the beautiful game kind of what they wanted the Spurs to be. They wanted the Spurs to kind of represent what the NBA should be about, but nobody really took to it besides Spurs fans. So when LeBron kind of came through and made the league all about clicking up with your friends and making super teams out of like what you want to do, not just making the front office, but actually getting friendly deals for yourself to be able to get in and out of teams, almost on like a la Deion Sanders. Um, I think what's happening here is the same thing where the media is trying to find like another market. And I think that the European market is wide open. Soccer is becoming as huge as it's ever going to be. The NBA is taking a similar path to becoming a global game, obviously. So now you have Jokic representing this foreign push. And this is not on some xenophobic shit. It's just on some market economics talk. They're they're trying to find the next market. And I think that Jokic represents that. And they're doing everything they can to discredit Giannis. Because number one, I think they still mad at Giannis for even uh, thinking about going on strike post 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 2020 uh, when they were in the locker room. I think he's being punished because Giannis should be way higher in these conversations. And I yeah, think that crazy. they don't I think they don't like Embiid because Embiid is the product of them as the Sixers skirting the entire process and doing what we did. So Jokic just kind of like being propped up as a third straight MVP. I think I think that's ridiculous. Mike Jordan never got it. And, you know, LeBron James never got it. But Jokic is going to get it over Embiid, who plays both ends of the floor, averaging 30 plus points. I get it. He's averaging almost a triple-double. But when you think about the load of what it takes on the body for Embiid to be the entire lifeblood of the defense, and when he's on, on the floor, the defense raises into the top 15 in the league when he's off or in the bottom five, 
I just think you have to reward the actual rigor that goes into a season and the fact that everyone thought he would never play. Like, this is miraculous, and people just want to give Jokic a third straight. He's going to get another one, man. Does he have Does he have to get three in a row? The only one who did that is Larry Bird, and ain't that about a motherfucker. Like, come on, man. Mm. Let me, Q, let me ask you, what would you say to the critics who say Embiid missed 14 games and Jokic missed less than, I think, five? I don't understand why we're penalizing people for being hurt when you still played the majority of the season. I don't I don't see what for like who did he can people name Well they try to push this narrative that it wasn't hurt that he was just low management most low, of the time and didn't want to play. It's craziness to me, man. It's like y'all don't think Steph Curry takes like games off when he's when he, when he's hurt and he still gets put into consideration. You think they didn't tell Giannis when he had his little injury about a week ago to take I mean two weeks ago to take a couple more games off to get right. Every team does that. I just I, – I get it. If Embiid only played 40 games, I'm like, yo, he only played half a season. He didn't have to do much. But we're talking about a dude playing 60-plus games. I don't – like, to me, if you play over 65 of, of the games, you should be in consideration, bro. Like, you sh- like, 82 is barbaric, in my opinion, for what the speed and pace of the game has become. <laughs> now, it's agreed 100%. Um, hmm. Shit, I only know one way, bro, and that's this is the white agenda, bro. And <laughs> what I mean by that is they finally got some white boys that can play with with Luca and Jokic that they feel like they can market that can get on the court and and hang with black people, so to speak, right? They haven't had one since Larry Bird like that. For real, <laughs> for real. True. The uh, uh, Jason Williams was a point guard. He, he was white chocolate, so they didn't really count him. Dirk, you know, Dirk was a, a foreigner, and you know, yeah, he got a black people wife. Didn't really mess with him. <laughs> and he had a black wife, right? But um, but in in listening to you, Q, I was wondering if with Yao Ming Gong and what went down with China a couple of years ago, could this also be part of that? Since I and I don't know any of this data, I haven't looked. But I'm wondering if that really put a dent in their market over there in China and they're trying to start replace it with Jokic. The fact of the matter is, black folks don't care about Jokic like that, bro. And because he'll jump off the page to us. Like that shit that he do. I mean, they didn't even fuck with Tim Duncan. And Tim Duncan was fucking balled out and his game was boring. Right. So, yeah, they, they, you know, Jokic, when you watch basketball and you like basketball, you're like, man, this dude is bad. FIFA and I, we would sit there and be like, damn, man, how the fuck you do this shit? (laughs) And we we love it, but Amari, but for the most part, yeah, he he ain't jumping out the gym. We don't care about that. You know, Luca is cool, but Luca, Luca has his own ego thing going on where, um, you know, he don't want to really play along with them and whether it's not because he don't want to you know exercise or not you know he's just doing his own thing they've been trying to prop up Luca Luca act like he don't even want the shit Luca out there being playing for Luca and notice how since they've been losing nobody's been talking about the Dallas Mavericks losing Mm-mm. now when they do they're gonna blame it on Kyrie but that's a whole other they thing have. they have they already been doing it yeah they already been blaming really it. yeah it's been all the sports talk that I've listened to today was is it Kyrie's fault or is this Kyrie? Bo Monty Jones had a whole segment on. He said he got attacked on Twitter because people were saying that it was Kyrie's fault. And he was like, everywhere Kyrie's been in the last three stops, he's won. 
So how would this be his fault? And he hasn't even been there long enough to really affect that chemistry. But it's been out there that, yeah, this is Kyrie's fault. I, yeah, I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to be. And Luka is blaming it on personal reasons. He said he's going through personal stuff right now. Oh, that's 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 good. That's that's <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, so but Luca can, if anybody would be Luca, Luca can fucking play his ass off. Yes. And I think if if anybody could gain could could be like the new modern day version of Larry Bird, we were like that's a badass white boy right there. It's Luka. It would be Luca. It would be Luca. So Luca could definitely do it. But again, Luca comes across very self serving to me, and. And I didn't. I don't know if he'll be willing to take that mantle like that. So, Q, who will be the new face of the league? I honestly think, man. I think Anthony Edwards really got a shot. Mm. Nobody really talking about him. He hasn't really done anything to to get that look. But Giannis should be it. Giannis won a title. Giannis won the last sealed it with a fifty point game. He's an MVP. The white media loved him before he won. Yeah. He's won now, and now they don't want to fuck with him anymore. It is it is baffling to me why a guy – Q just said it was oh, – yeah, Q just out, laid yeah, it out. I and I don't I understand think, it. It makes I no pretty, sense. I think, I think it was because he was down to go on strike. I really do believe that. I think that they will – kind of punish you if you try to have a conscience. And I think that Envied represents the byproduct of the process and they didn't like the process. So they're not trying to reward the Sixers for ever, you know, doing what they pointed were pointing to do. Uh, and I think that Jokic is just a beneficiary of it. I don't think he has any like agenda himself. I don't think he's like paying he off reporters. I, I don't, I'm not saying that, y'all. I'm not saying he's paying on guys off. Say, hey, make sure you write this article about me. But when I see people in the Ringer, if I see people in you know ESPN magazine, or if I see people Sports Illustrated saying things like, "Dude on the Ringer was like who uh, wrote an article." Uh, saying that Jokic's unorthodox style of defense. If we're talking about unorthodox as in non-existent, then yeah, <laughs> for sure. But it's like he's not the guy saying, I need you to you know, make my defense look better. I just think that the goalposts are being moved. For If we're talking about playoff success for Embiid, but where's the playoff success for Jokic? We have a bubble run where the Clippers collapsed, but people put that more on you know, the Clippers than they do. I think the Nuggets did. I don't think people looked at that as, oh, Jokic just willed his team to victory. We all called that the Clippers collapse. So we can't have it Uchiwali and one mic. Like, it's got to be one or the other now. So I don't think that's necessarily a Nuggets thing. I think that was a Clippers thing. And then beyond that, you know, to win two straight MVPs, I'll give him the, the first one. The second one, I thought Embiid did way, not way more, but I think he did enough to win that one. But all right, he, he all right, you get back to back. But the fact that Giannis and indeed for much of this season we're just being dismissed by ESPN by Fox and saying oh well you know sports illustrated ESPN mag like um ball is life all these different um you know people that were doing podcasts and the um independent side of the media it's it's like a rift the independent NBA media basketball guys were definitely highlighting Giannis and highlighting Embiid, but it felt like the national media was just always in awe of look at the fact that this guy is the point guard and look at what he's doing. But no one ever brings up the fact, Spike, that he has the perennial coach of the year candidate coaching his team, 
I, I guess now Jamal Murray is chopped liver. I, I yeah. guess now Michael. They Pico, always try to say he's never played with an all star. He doesn't have help, and it's like I I thought Michael Porter Jr. was supposed to be you know at least good and has the ability to be a flamethrower when he's really hot. I think Bruce Brown is a premier role player. I think that beyond you know that he has a pretty good starting five, and when you have Mike Malone, who's always coaching the All Star game, I don't think that's only because of what Jokic is elevating him. I think Mike Malone's a damn good coach. So compare that to Embiid, who has Doc Rivers, who I think is a complete fraud, and you know <laughs> James Harden, who James Harden is. If you look at his assist and leading the league in assists, it's because he has Joel Embiid. I think that James Harden is riding his coattails. Not saying he's not still a good player, but if you're telling me that comparing James Harden, who was on his last two, three years of his prime, and Tyrese Maxey, who is a third-year player, fourth-year player, who is still coming into his own, still doesn't really know how to dis- distribute the ball, kind of just more of a free, uh, like a flamethrower type, and then Tobias Harris. You know what I mean? Like You're telling me Tobias Harris is not the most overrated contract the most not undeserving, but like the most the most frustrating max contract player in, in the NBA. I think he has maybe two two, three guys on his side. I think that you know, Jokic has a better overall balanced team. Uh and I think that he is a much better coach. So it, the fact that Joel is doing this on both ends of the floor, he's staying healthy too, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like you gotta like reward greatness at some point and all the guys all the all the players are saying is no it's it's Embiid it's Embiid it's Embiid but then you look at some you know nerd with you know I'm saying glasses on talking about Raptor and talking about oh did you see (laughs) his his this random stat on Tuesdays Jokic has the most assist and it's like can we look at the buckets can we look at the defense and let's just see who is impacting the game the most? If you take Jokic off the Nuggets and take Embiid off the Sixers, I I don't even know if the Sixers get in the play-in. I think the Nuggets can actually fight with Jamal Murray and and uh, Michael Porter Jr. They can fight for a play-in spot. They could they could fight for an eighth or seventh seed in the West because Mike Malone is that talented of a coach. I don't know if the Sixers can without Joel Embiid. Um, yeah, for, for most of the people in the in the chat, like for me, this whole thing that I'm looking at is not just this year, it's other years as well. It's when Jokic didn't even deserve the MVP. So for me, it's a culmination of all of that stuff into this one thing where the, the white NBA media is and have been pushing for a guy and Jokic was that guy. Just the same reason for whatever reason they wanted to push for for Giannis and they love Giannis. And then they found Jokic and then it was Luka, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I'm referring to, more of an agenda that is stated or unstated, that's seen or unseen, just depends. Um, who you listen to or who you pay attention to. Uh, I don't consume any of that. I don't even watch first take. Yeah. I don't even watch the NBA and all the other stuff. I see what's going on. I can see the headlines and read between the lines about what's happening. So the only the, the biggest thing that I've always said, and I said on here, I said, I hate that it had to be this year because this is the year he actually deserves it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was the other years that I they really, really despised it. Right. Because Shelton, I used to go against Shelton all the time. And Shelton, Shelton gets caught up in that shit. Yeah. It's like, bro, I'm telling you, this to me, what they did back then, and it hit me when I was driving to the studio, to take a guy that was sixth, fifth seed, mm-hmm. 
and push him up as an MVP that wasn't averaging a triple-double like Russell Westbrook was and did. Um, and to make him MVP was a test to see if they can get away with it to change criteria for MVP odds so they can start propping up anybody, any other white mediocre player that can happen to play. Like, I don't know, like Luka. the analytics. Yeah, Luka, yeah. right, analytics, unorthodox the defense. Nerd, what the like fuck is the, unorthodox the defense? Yeah. So you have to make it make sense for yourself and to other people and convince other people that this is such a thing. So, you know, it's, it's, it's never anything against Jokic because uh, he's unbelievable, but it's more again, again, uh, about the agenda and the, and the things that goes on behind the scene that I've always continued to push for. And, you know, I'm glad that MB finally made a push to tie it, but I think that happened because there were backlash coming okay. – from yeah. other people who started to call them out on the bullshit. I think it came from that Kendrick Perkins and Jay Jay Reddick conversation. Yeah, he he woke some motherfuckers he up. Did. He did. He did. It was crazy as hell what he said. Yeah. He didn't make any fucking sense. But he he woke some people. But people at least started listening. He was an angry black man on TV, right. and they did not want to see anymore. <laughs> so, and I would love to see I, the I, see if he yeah, spiked after that. That yeah, would be kind of crazy. 100%. So that that's all I'm saying. And then I look at like Luca, and I've been rough on Luca. You know, because they've been rough on other guys. And Luca got to the he, – he did some shit. He beat the Suns last year. I kind of pulled back. Now look at him. Losing and rescinding texts because they want him in the play, play in, you know, which, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't necessarily judge him for rescinding the tech. I think they did it with Draymond before, yeah, so that yeah. is what it is. But it's just like, look who's getting the blame now. Kyrie. Kyrie will always be the villain of the NBA moving Wherever forward. Wherever he goes. You know, it's so. easy to blame him. Uh, one thing I would say as one person who's not a NBA nerd, just from the eye test, when you're looking at it and you see Embiid this year, he's more dominant. Like what Jokic does, you said it's cool, it's, it's great, it looks fantastic as far as, oh, that's great, nice pass, great, like whatever, backdoor dish. But when I see Embiid play, it's like, oh, shit, that dude might be the best dude like on right. the court. You can say that. And then, so what happens is, is you say, man, look at Embiid. He's killing it. He's doing whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they would say, yeah, but look at Jokic. He's averaging a triple-double. He's also dominant. And he's leading in these his metrics. conference. Yeah. Right? So now he's number one in the West. Embiid, let's just say, was probably third in the West. We can't give it to him because he's third in the West and Jokic is, is, is leading his conference. Did that matter when Jokic won it the first time? You, so you see what I'm saying? You see how yeah. they, you see the shit that they pull? So now when you try to make a case for Embiid, now all of a sudden leading the conference matters more than your record. When a couple of years ago it didn't. Right. This is the shit I'd be looking out for. And I, I mentioned Luka because Luka will be the beneficiary of these things that they're implementing now in the future. Next two or three years. Yeah, Luca, Luca at some point. His team can be the eighth seed and he can win the MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, That's what they're They're, they're going to put a, together a really solid team, and Luca's going to have a nice fucking run. I can see that coming where he's going to be the guy. Yeah. So, um, you know, but right now, you know, they got other shit. So, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, Mark Cuban needs to answer for that move. Uh, if he if he really thought Kyrie was the guy for uh, Luca, then he should have did a much much more uh, intensive calculus because 
trading away Dorian Finney-Smith and all of your defense for Kyrie Irving when Luka is not at all a stopper, like he's literally younger. James Harden, when he was, you know, got traded to Houston, not really concerned about defense like that. Uh, he, you know, he definitely, just like James Harden, has more of a tendency to be better and sturdier in the post because he has a bigger body. But in terms of him getting over on switches, him getting up over screens, Luka ain't trying to do that because he knows he has to help with the offensive uh, scoring load. He has to be the majority of the scoring. But when you bring in Kyrie Irving, who kind of needs the ball when you don't have a bunch of 3 and D guys, it, it's not going to go the way that you think. So Mark Cuban has to be under fire too, man. He needs to blame blame Kyrie, blame Mark Cuban for, for letting this happen. And he better hope he has a handshake deal with Kyrie that he's going to come I'm back man. because, oh, my yeah, God. Kyrie Wasted. About to be out. Man. Kyrie about to be out. Yeah. Uh, I want to hit a few more of these Super Chats. I did just post a link to call in uh, in the community section for members. Uh, Tracy G. Simmons out for the year. I told y'all his back was messed up for real. Um, yes, you did. Is it his back? But um, I think it is his back. I think that – I don't know. I don't know. Simmons has had a lot, a lot of injuries. I think that if if he continues to stay hurt in the – what I was looking for was, was he just fronting and wanted to get out of Philly and faked injuries? So I wanted to see if that sustained itself as a net, and so far it has. I don't have any insight into the brother, this, that, and other. All I know is – the Nets are a terribly run organization, was, and they went out and got a guy that has a history of quitting, that has a history of shying away, and that also seemed to have had a history of injuries. And they traded away and brought him in, and now they seem to be stuck with him. So I would like to see Ben Simmons take this time, get healthy. Now the team can really truly be yours when you come back. You know, because mm. Cam Johnson, Miles Bridges, they're 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 good, but Simmons said he wanted a Giannis type team. Man, so I, now all the Mikhail, guys are gone. It's Mikael's team. If man. I was Sean Marks, I would. If anybody is still buying, the, gonna deal, the, the 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 Ben Simmons talk, then you can have it. I sell that shit for pennies on the dollar. Versus letting him come back with this young team that I have, that's still able to hold the sixth seed in the East and hope that he can be a superstar for them? Hell no. I fucked up with Kevin Durant. I messed up with Kyrie Irving. I'm not going to do the same with Ben Simmons. Get him out of town right now. If anybody still thinks that he's good, if Orlando or Oklahoma City and I can get good assets from them, I will move him ASAP. You and I were talking about this, Ken. He's been doing this since LSU. Like mm -hmm. He's been leaving his teams hanging since LSU, so there's no reason for me to think that one day he's going to wake up, be a superstar, and be able to lead a team. If I'm Sean Marks, I would get away from this before I had the stain of I had Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, and James Harden at different points in times, and I couldn't do shit with him. I would get rid of that. It's Mikael Bridges' team, too. Like He's already proven that he's going to be the guy for that team. Uh, I think if you go back to our – uh, NBA deadline special when we had B and Kyle pop in. 
Uh, I said on that that I believe that Mikael Bridges is a great pickup because he's fringe all-star talent. He's not fringe all-star talent. He has all-star talent. And I think Mm. that you see that with him dropping 30 points, 10 assists here. I think he had a 40-point game for the Nets. He's been dropping like 25 all over the place. And I think it's because he finally was unlocked. He finally got in a a position where everybody is – finally not deferring to him but everyone finally understands what to do when he's on the court as the number one option when he's like the number one scorer and i think cam johnson guys like dorian finney smith cam thomas i think that this is a really good young core and the nets are in a very good position i think sean marks kind of quasi saved his uh, career by letting katie go to the phoenix suns Hmm. yeah um, I got Rob in the in the in the um, on the line, so I'm gonna bring him on, and we got the rest of the super chats. We're gonna get to those. Um, uh, Want to read this one real quick from Tracy because it's related to Philly, um, which we just wrapped up. Uh, y'all got to give Tobias Harris some credit. He stays Please. ten toes down since he's been on Philly. It's not his fault. Embiid never wanted to get in shape to win a chip. Please, please, all right, please, please. What up, Rob? Yo. Top of the evening, gentlemen. What up, Rob? Rob what up, bro? Is the lighting better this time around? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot better. We appreciate that. Do you appreciate it, Spike? Do you appreciate this hideous mug on your screen? Uh, I'm getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been five seconds. That's a promising sight. Um, uh, the only thing I'll add on to this um, Joker and B conversation is um, how many games has Embiid won for Philly this year? Like, I mean, game-winning shots. All right. Like, like he's had a good handful of those. Uh, yeah. Joker and Joker is only clutch at the buffet, so I am <laughs> not really too concerned about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. They're complaining in the chat about how Embiid flops all over the place. I mean, Joker's boobs flop all over the court. Nobody says anything. So how much are we really concerned? Right. Right. So. This is true. 100%. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. That's all I want to add to that. Um, I did want to say about the Lamar situation quick. I'm glad you guys stay on top of that because I feel like since that story came out, it kind of disappeared. Mm. Like they talked about it for a day or two, and then nobody talked about it until Lamar brought up today that he asked for a trade a month ago. When's the last time a franchise quarterback has asked for a trade and it took a month to bring it up again? That's a good point. That's crazy. Great point. So like, this is the end of March. We're talking about a month. Like, stop. I mean, if it, there was anybody else, it would have been brought up within two and a half hours. If that, like, I just, damn, yeah, I, that's I that's agree. a good point. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm I'm glad you said that because I I didn't even look at it that way. Um, because it, it did get really quiet with this Lamar story. Um, and yeah, I think Nick does a good job of of just kind of following along and paying attention to it and seeing what's what. So he definitely are able to kind of pull questions or analysis out of it to talk about it on a week, week basis. You can tell that we're not going to get the correct coverage as fans from this because ESPN, Fox, 
whoever it may be, they're trying to protect their NFL relationships. So they don't want to ask them the hard questions as to, dude, if this was any other quarterback, he would be signed. Like, people would be fighting in line for him. But why is that not the case for Lamar Jackson? Not even signed, but we would have heard that he asked for a trade. Like, March 2nd, he said he asked for the trade? Yep. Yep. That's four weeks. What kind of shit – excuse my language. What kind of terrible reporters – does the NFL have that you can't get a franchise quarterback as for a trade four weeks ago? Right, that's how it goes. That's how it goes when you're suppressing people, man. That's how it yeah. goes. Like, that's anybody that tries to argue that this isn't collusion. Like, answer that for me. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, and, and you know what, Rob, everyone tried to get on his case uh, when he went to Adam Schefter. And I, you know, what's, however you feel about it, I think, the principle of it is correct when he's like, you don't know anything. You're just a stenographer for whatever league source is telling you that I'm doing X, Y, Z. When, if you want to talk to the source, talk to me, talk to the actual or, or, or talk to the organization, like do the back and forth and then report. This is what the Ravens say. This is what Lamar says. Here's my conjecture. The problem with guys like Adam Schefter and other reporters is they get one side from the league or one side only from the organization and say, here's the story. And then they hide it. And with, with their conjecture and not being upfront. Yeah. They they look for the headlines more than the truth. Yeah. You know, more than the reality. It. That's the way the, the media works, especially when you're dealing with a quarterback like Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. Which is highly unfortunate. I mean, even just seeing the way the media is going at Cam Newton just for trying out. Like, how many yep. terrible veteran quarterbacks have we seen in the league? But yep. Cam's getting backlash for just trying. Yeah. Like, that's a good point, too. I don't think a lot of conversation has been had about the narrative is oh, we can't bring Cam in because he won't be a number two. He won't. He doesn't have the quote unquote personality to sit behind our starting quarterback. And I want to know what that's determined by. Like, I don't think right. any team has sit down and had a conversation with Cam Newton and been like, "Hey, we want to bring you in as the backup. Are you okay with that?" Versus the media saying Cam Newton would never be a backup if he comes in. He wants to start. His personality too strong to be a backup. It's a crazy narrative that's out there about him. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. too flashy is the word they used. It's what they've been saying about camp. When Joe Flacco, they were more than happy bringing Joe Flacco as a backup, and Joe Flacco flat out said, I don't want to be a backup. They still brought him in as a backup. Like, do you guys mm. remember that when they brought in Joe Flacco to the Jets? He said, I'm not here to groom a quarterback. I'm not here to be a backup. He sure did. He right. And they brought him Damn. in, no questions asked. So what's the issue with Cam? I agree. And Cam's only, what, 33? I think Cam's only 33 uh, years old. Drafted in 2011, so probably early, mid-30s, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing Arthur Blanks told reporters that Lamar's situation is different, very different from Watson <laughs> from a year ago. Said that uh, hands on. he did mention there some concern with his style and how long it could hold up. He brought up the games he's missed over the last two years. Each game counts in this business. So there you go. It's just such BS, man. Like, I really – I need to reiterate that Lamar Jackson got hurt 
in the pocket as a thrower. He doesn't get hurt like Michael Vick did because he didn't know how to slide. He doesn't get hurt like RG3 did. He's not a crash dummy where he just runs headfirst into Hello Yonata and thinks he can take on the world. This dude is behind the line waiting for your old, elderly, geriatric, flabby, and sick receivers <laughs> to get open that you refuse to pay. Your veteran minimum receivers, they refuse to get open, and he gets hammered by a 280-pound linebacker. Like, dude, like, what do you want him to do? And this is just ridiculous. So now he can't stay healthy versus the Ravens set him up. This is bigger than this is bigger than Nino Brown. I'm trying to tell y'all. Like this is <laughs> this is it's everything, man. They they really got it top down. He doesn't have an agent. He doesn't have the Russell Wilson smile. He talks with a Florida Southern dialect. He got his mama, you know what I mean, going to bat for him. You know what I mean? He uses Instagram and Twitter to speak his feelings. And you know what I mean? He did and he broke a cardinal rule. He didn't die for the organization in the playoffs when he didn't have a contract. And a lot of other QBs would have just taken that L and said, I'm going to just do it for the team. He said, hell no. Give me a contract and I'll play in the playoffs. And he didn't do it. So now he has to stay healthy. So that's just ridiculous, man. I mean, I know he got his contract, but look what Carolina did to Cam. Yeah. Cam's career for his talent, should he should still be a more than – a Pro Bowl level quarterback today, but Carolina ran him into the ground, and you sort of see what happened where he's at today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was punch drunk. Oh, you man. can run over linebackers and run over one every game. Man, just run you into the ground, Cam. Speaking yeah. of, just because uh, 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 I saw this, did y'all see uh, Ocho Cinco running to Ray Lewis? Did y'all see that? Yeah, he did what. Uh-uh, I it was. It. I saw it. I, I, I don't know. I thought y'all put it in the chat, but uh, I think I may have just saw it on Instagram. The old but highlight, he... <laughs> huh? Is it that old? Like you mean in the game? Yeah, it was in the game. It was on Instagram. So he said he, he said he ran into Ray Lewis yeah. by accident, and then he yeah. changed his story three or four times. He was down on the ground. He ran into Ray Lewis. <laughs> Ray Lewis did not move. <laughs> he yeah. did not move, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. He said, I ran into Ray Lewis by accident. And then he said, I thought I could, he said, I thought I could catch him off guard, but it didn't work. Yeah. Man, that shit was fun. <laughs> I'll see if I can find that clip. My bad, y'all. But anyway. See that. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good one. I remember seeing that. Anything Ocho Cinco used to do was hilarious. Comedy. Ocho Cinco I mean, was a character. Yeah. yeah. But even it was sort of interesting the way they, with a lot of those receivers in that era, how they pin them as divas and stuff like that. These kind of narratives have been going around forever. Mm-hmm. Like Ocho Cinco's a diva. What did he ever do wrong? Right. Randy, Randy Moss is a diva. I don't remember him doing anything wrong. I could be mistaken. Smoke weed one time. He fake. He, he? fake moon. He fake mooned. He didn't even really yeah. moon anybody. It was the fake mooning that they hold him for. But did Jim McMahon, the quarterback of the Bill, the Bears Super Bowl, actually mooned reporters? And... Yep. Mm. yep. I mean, but shit. Ray- Joe, Joe Namath showed up to the games high all the all the time. Like, come on, man. Oh, they all they all used to show up hungover. All those quarterbacks on, did. Man. But you know, they were white, so they could get away with that. <laughs> yeah, you know. But you know, they took away Michael Vick's 100 million after like a year. That shit, man. I still remember, remember. I still remember that in Philadelphia. That was crazy. I was like, man, he just signed that contract and they took it all away. Yeah, 
it almost happened to Watson too. Watson almost lost all that money. Yeah. You know, that was a very uh, touchy situation to say the least. Oh, um, That's uh, from downtown. Yeah. From real deep. Yeah. He, I wish he could have got a better handle of that situation or at least oh less God. of a handle of He's that gonna situation. going to be here all night. <laughs> no, I won't. I'll be all right. I, 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 <laughs> um, the, if I could bring up one more thing quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a Panthers fan. I wish Shelton was here because, you know, that's his real team. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I said it before, man. Rihanna's been pregnant longer than Shelton's been an Eagles fan. He can't claim that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's good. I'm going to use that right That's real. Yeah. So, um, just real quick, who do y'all think Carolina's going to take? If y'all could give a wanted to give a prediction, and if you say Will Levy, I'm gonna kill myself. Um, Miles Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm joking. Uh, hey, I was about to say. <laughs> you threw me all the way off. He, he got his wish, bro. He done turned against Miles Sanders so quick. <laughs> he got his wish, man. He got his That's wish. Funny. Miles Sanders um, is his better than Derrick Henry's on his team now. I was about to say. Carolina I got feel like the Panthers are. Going to stri- try and strike gold twice and go with Anthony Richardson as a Cam Newton model. We've seen mm. this before. We know how to make this successful from a franchise point of view. Uh, and I think they're going to buy into the upside of Richardson. I, I think they're going to get Will. Oh my mm. God. No way. There's no way. Oh, no, I'm sorry, bro. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just got a feeling, bro. There's no way, kid. I, I promise Ken, you, I couldn't. Ken, you really one, don't want me to be here, do you? <laughs> he wants you to log off. <laughs> Why can't you even bring me on? This is Ken's way to say, Rob, get the hell off my screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, who you think, uh, Q? I think your logic is sound. I think they probably got a little. Carolina is the type of organization that gets really enticed by um, combine type of hype. So I think yeah, Rich Richardson makes the most sense, probably. I mean, unless Bryce is Bryce going to fall that far? You think? Well, they, they got one. They get. To I take mean, they pick of whoever it may be. I mean, more so they? if they trade back. I mean, like, are they going to like say, "All right, well, we I, want Bryce, and let's go to number two or number three, You know. If I Carolina think they traded trades- up, sorry. Yeah, they traded up to be able to make the decision and not depend on anybody else. That to me says I'm gonna go with the combine dude. I think the Bryce is still, I'm, not me, but the Panthers. Yeah. I think that they're thinking at number one, he's too low. Like I, I can't, I can't I mean- put my franchise on a dude that's five nine one eighty. Especially seeing what happened to Tua this year. Rob, can you is, – is it possible to trade up, then trade back? Mm-hmm. So, you can trade as many times as you wish. But yeah. in Carolina's idea, I think their whole thing is they want to flip with Houston. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to go to Houston and say, hey, we'll take your first from next year for you to pick the quarterback you want. I think that's what they want to do. Yeah. If they can't do that, then they're taking whichever quarterback that's they want. I, thought. Yeah. I think Houston that's the way it's going. dumb to do that. I mean, I think yeah. they're trying to do. I, th- I think they're trying to pull a Danny Ainge right now. But I agree. Yeah, that, that's a good point that you guys make. I didn't think about that. But if I was a Houston fan, 
Or if I was in the Houston front office, that would be the dumbest thing in the world. Why? I'll let you pick who you want, and I'll figure it out from that. Houston ain't never been really smart. They traded the Why not Stroud? At number one? Yeah. That's who I think it is, Ken. Uh, I, th- mm. I think it's going to be Stroud. I think Stroud has the arm um, upside that Bryce Young has. Mm-hmm. But I think he has the size that is more desirable for the Panthers. And also, the Panthers insiders from the beginning have said that C.J. Stroud is the guy before all the smokescreen stuff and all that happening. So I think it is mm. going to be C.J. Stroud, but Spike is 100% on point because that was a little tidbit they threw in there, is that the Panthers love Anthony Richardson. And when did the Panthers make that trade? Right after the combine. Right after he made those numbers. I wouldn't take Stroud. I, I'm not saying that he won't be good, but – I don't think that the potential of Richardson outweighs what I think Stroud is and the production of Bryce outweighs what I think Stroud is. I think it's close. I really I like Stroud. So I I think Stroud I would love to have Stroud in Carolina. I'd love I'd love Bryce Young too, to be fair. I think it's really close between them. And I'd like Richardson too as that potential three. Um, I'd be more than happy with any of those three. I can see it. I think that's the ideal situation you want to put your fans in as a franchise. I can take anybody and you'll be happy with them. Until they take Will Levy and then I leave. Oh I will pull God. a Shelton. I will be a lifelong Eagles fan <laughs> if they take Will Levy. Be a backup team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's I, been so loving Jalen Hurts. I watched Jalen Hurts grow up. Yeah, right. You better <laughs> start buying some Eagles gear. Man, <laughs> I'll, I'll take Sheldon's when he jumps for a new team next year. Yeah, he's gonna be rooting for Miles Sanders, man. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> all right, guys. We did w- not slander Jokic, bro. Slander? That's what he told Sheldon. We need him. Slander's I'll slander Joker. I'll slander <laughs> Joker all day, all night. I'll slander Joker. I mean, I how mean, long is it? I mean, how long has Embiid been made fun of? So Joker can catch man. some jokes too. Oh yeah, him. nobody's off limits. I yeah. just don't remember. I just don't think he's slander. Like I didn't slander him. He's I, just not like I wish. I really wish like Embiid had played last night. <laughs> I really wish he had played, and that way we could end all of this slander. And that way Embiid had just taken. But it was it to a slander. Him. I said Jokic can play. The fucking well, the slander on. claims the claims yeah. that we're slandering him. Embiid put up forty-eight and seventeen on Joker the last time they played. Joker doesn't want any of that smoke. Yeah, honestly. I agree with that. And Joker's we know scared. that. I don't think everybody else does. And B doesn't give a damn about Joker. That's why he <laughs> took the game off. He's like, I don't care about playing this this fat tub of freaking but European. That's why I think that he's the MVP. <laughs> he don't give a damn about like you could put Giannis up there, Joker, whoever it may be. And B, I feel like that he thinks I can handle him. It ain't mm-hmm. no problem for me. He didn't play yeah. because if he would have lost, then they would have held that against him. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So and B knew what he was doing. I feel him. And Beat is not scared of Joker. I think yes. it was just a rest day, and he's not worried about Joker. I feel him. If, it, if it's in the Eastern Conference, I think that's why. I think they got the Celtics and the Bucks coming up. Yep, so I think they, they want him to be healthy for those games. They don't give a damn about Joker. Nobody gives a damn about Joker except for people in this chat. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> They like watching Embiid's boobs or uh, Joker's boobs flop all over the court. Man. I don't know why. 
Man. Man, I've never seen a man so big for no reason before. My Trey God. Young is more physical for more physical than Joker. My God. <laughs> All right, guys, I won't take up any more of your time, man. So okay. appreciate you, y'all for having me. I really appreciate what y'all do. Yeah, Have a good love, bro. We appreciate, yep, appreciate you, you bro. Yeah, peace love y'all. Always good talking to you. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, gentlemen. Uh, let me hear some more of these super chats. Uh, we got a few more left. Uh, Q, uh, a Super Bowl review. Can Eagle and his Chiefs repeat? I guess that's the question. Can Eagles and Chiefs repeat? Uh, I don't know if the Eagles can repeat next year. I think the defense is going to be a year older, and we brought back a lot of old guys. Uh, I think the Chiefs can clearly get back because they have Mahomes. Um, if you want my honest take on the Super Bowl versus like the politically correct, um, my politically correct <laughs> is that oh, you know, we it was a good Super Bowl. I thought Jalen Hurts played a great game. Uh, I think that there's a lot that we did to prove that we deserve to be there. The fumble uh, that he had was very un- untimely and very unfortunate. And Patrick Mahomes just made a bunch of great plays. And it's unfortunate that they called that call at the end of the game. My real take is that Patrick Mahomes getting $500 million from the NFL is not a team investment. It's a league investment. And they could not allow him to not win another Super Bowl. So they called that bullshit at the end because Vegas has a lot of money losing if they all had the Eagles uh, bets go through. So they took the under and the Chiefs won. So uh, it, w- it was fucking rigged. But beyond that, great game. <laughs> and um fantastic series so i can't wait to see if both teams can repeat but patrick mahomes is definitely that guy but that shit was rigged so that's how i feel about it but <laughs> uh drink more water why is this convo only about him beating and and Jokic? Giannis has just as much of a case if not more than mb 31 12 five and five and a half first in the east and in the nba I, that's what we want to know facts <laughs> uh and b ain't won it before that's all yeah facts i mean shit so yeah, old, yo, like to, to be honest, like, and I don't say that this is right, but Giannis is an old story. I don't, you know what my thing is. I don't even care about whether it's Embiid. My thing is mm-hmm. where is Giannis in the conversation? So I'm with, I'm with Drink More Water. Giannis should definitely be in the conversation. It should just all be Embiid. Like, how the hell you just leave out Giannis? How do the NBA and the media just leave out Giannis right, the way that they bro, have? They won, what, 12, 13 straight? And all we ever heard was the Lakers talk about, are they going to make the playoffs? I know, but Giannis has – how many MVPs he has? He has an MVP. Giannis Joker has two. Has MVP, so they, one. they both have he two, has Giannis two right? got two? Yeah. Giannis has two. So why are they leaving him out? Why were they leaving him out? He's he's starting to get in there now. But why would they leave him out in the very beginning? It just, it's, it's, I'm not to get back in there. But, yeah, yes, Giannis should be part of the discussion. So, uh, so yeah. Um, Kev, uh, what up, y'all? Came super late, but have y'all been watching Caitlin Clark at Iowa? I have. She's been the most exciting college basketball player for the past two seasons, in my opinion. Just had a 40-point triple-double in the Elite Eight. I'm glad Kev brought that up. They looking for a white, all-white hype person in basketball? She's it. Mm. It ain't it Jokic. Ain't it ain't Luka. It's her. She is a bad she's a, mother. She's nice. And honestly, the women's tournament has been more exciting for me than the men's yeah. tournament this year. The girls, man, I'm, I'm telling you, man, the minute that 
the women's game is finally starting to catch up. It's because not because of biological differences, bro. It's because like of infrastructural economics. It's like the fact that the girls didn't have the same level of trainers, the same like thoroughness of, you know, I mean, recovery specialists, the same type of uh, physical therapists. Like they didn't have that same level as the men's game. Now they're starting to catch up. You're seeing girls in high school dunking. You're seeing you know, young, you know, people like Jada Williams, I believe that's what her name is. She's committing to USC. You have Caitlin Clark. You have it's 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 getting deeper than just the Diana Taurasi's and you know the Sue Bird. UConn winning yeah, straight games. Yeah, exactly. It's becoming more of a spread out game where the girls have more finesse. Like they know they understand angles. And I like the coaching in women's basketball a lot more than men's college basketball because the women's basketball coaches they understand like the ins and outs of the game of movement of like synergy of team concept. I just, I just appreciate what the women's game is doing right now. I agree with Q. I was watching women's, I was watching um, Miami versus somebody over the weekend for the women. And it's a lot more, I won't say entertaining because the action is there for the men's side, but you can see, the plays unfold, like you can see where the chick gets open and the, the perfect pass that was made. It is way more entertaining than it used to be, and I'm looking forward to the um, South Carolina versus Iowa game. Mm-hmm. Like I've never looked forward to a women's basketball game in my life, but Caitlin Clark versus uh, South Carolina and they undefeated season, that should be fire. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, and LSU, I love the, I, I love their team. Like, I love what too. they got going on. Angel, she's dope. I love the shit talking that's going on. It's great. Yeah. It's a great time. I agree. Damn, I'm gonna have to watch that. It's she, Friday. Friday, LSU. She uh, cooking motherfuckers like that, bro. Caitlin, bro, Caitlin Clark. You remember when Steph was making that run at Dayton? Mm-hmm. It looks like that, but better. Mm. Like she is a bad motherfucker, dude. Mm, okay. Uh. I think, oh, there's one last one um, from Ghostman231. Uh, what do y'all what do y'all think of what Richard Sherman said? I don't know what he what said. What he say? Shit, okay. Come on, Ghostman. Thought you knew. Uh, let, me see. let me see here. Uh, yeah, when he when he called uh, Patrick Mahomes' contract BS. It is. It is BS. And he gave him a hometown discount. Patrick Mahomes should have broke them motherfuckers off for a two-year, $200 million deal. He should have reset the whole market. And I dared them say no to that because he proved his value. And the fact that he took a $500 million contract over 10 years and the Super Bowl ended like that, that was a solid. I don't care what no one says, but that's just me. Uh, but, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. And I he's mean, right. Yeah. I'm looking at it now and just from what you're saying too, Q, yeah, I, gr- I agree with what he's saying. He's saying that if Patrick Mahomes had held the Chiefs to the same standard that Lamar is holding the Ravens to, then this wouldn't be a big deal about Lamar. Mm-hmm. And he's point. saying that Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the game, so he should have been holding them to that standard versus taking some sentimental shit <laughs> and letting them stretch it out. Versus and lost, Lamar's and not doing that, so he looks like a bad guy. <clears throat> Um, okay, so Mahomes signed his in 2020. His contract is crazy. He said, what pissed me off is Kirk Cousins got his guaranteed deal. I thought all the quarterbacks from then on were going to be like, hey, if it ain't guaranteed, I ain't taking it. Sure, that Mahomes deal is BS. 
just 10 years and want it to look like a half a bill. But you you get a half of that fully guaranteed and everybody's happy. So mm. he's saying that since he only got one four, 141 mil over 10 years, um, is BS. And I see Allen signed an extension for 100 mil guaranteed. So because Patrick got 141 and Allen got 100, they ain't said shit. They're saying that Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. should not be asked for 200 something guaranteed. Right. They're saying that the, the Deshaun shit is totally outrageous and outlier, and you shouldn't be asking for that. You should be asking for what these other two top guys are asking for. And Richard Sherman is saying, no, that's bullshit. They should be asking for what you call in the anomaly. Yeah, so the question I have in response to that, to that is if their contracts were up now, what would they negotiate for? Because it goes up every year, right? Yeah. So they get more and more money. So it but, just scales up. I think this goes to the thing that we keep bringing up about the agents. Those guys have agents, and I don't think that their agents are willing to disrupt the market because they have other relationships. And that's how the NFL plays that agent shit to their advantage. Like, Lamar Jackson doesn't have anything to lose by saying, hey, I want this guaranteed money. But if Patrick Mahomes' agent is going in there or Josh Allen's agent is going in there, I got 20 other clients that you got to negotiate with me in good faith with. So now I got to take that into account, and I don't want to ask for the guaranteed money because I know that disrupts the market, and you guys don't want that. I just think the market resets every year, so the price is always going to go up. So what they got in 2020 and 2021, they would get more this year than they would have back then. So I, I don't know. I, I see what he's saying, but I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if I fully agree with it. Hmm. I don't know if I fully agree with it. Um and shit, that's what they took at that time. They didn't look. Deshaun Watson is the one that set the new standard. So at some point, they need to come back and get more money if that's the case. So I don't know. Um, anything else? You got anything else, bro? Nothing else other than Bronny's nepotism. You want to talk about <laughs> Bronny in this, this All Star game right here? Oh, yo, Q, why you here, bro? What do you think about Bron, uh, Bronny? He's uh, jumped up to 15? Yeah, they said he should be a top 15 pick. Bronny, Bronny, Bronny. Bronny should be able to be as good as what Austin Reeves is in the NBA. He should be able to be just as good if, Austin if not Rivers? better. Damn! Austin Reeves. I think Austin Reeves has a lot of upside. I, I think he does. I think he The white upside. guy from L.A.? I think he has upside. I think Austin Reeves could be. <laughs> I, think, I think Austin Reeves can be a really great role player on the championship team. I think he could be that. I think he could be um, the equivalent to what Gary Payton II was, a really key role player. Like, that's like his low – that's like that's like his floor. I think his ceiling would be him becoming like um, – what's the equivalent to the um, – what's his name? Uh, what's his name? I think uh, Tyrese Maxey, what Tyrese Maxey is. Like, just a flame. Okay, Tyrese Maxey, but – Damn. I mean, Austin Reeves. Austin, Austin Reeves felt, felt so disrespectful, bro. No, Austin Reeves is good, man. I mean, look, like I'm, I'm, I'm being real, realistic. Like when you have a smaller frame, unless he gets, unless he grows like one or two more inches, uh, it's hard for me to see Bronny being like, oh, we're building our team around Bronny. Like that, that would be a miracle unless he like flashes something crazy in college. 
But a guy like Tyrese Maxey, a guy like Austin Reeves, the Caruso types, the Gary Payton the second types, he's going to be one of those archetypes. He's, he's going to fill one of those roles. I don't know, but I do like, we were talking about in the chat, how he wasn't going to do the media day at the um, McDonald's All-American game, which we have planned right here. Speaking towards the nepotism that you were talking about earlier, Q, mm-hmm. what I respect the shit out of LeBron for is controlling the narrative here. Even mm-hmm. if he's not a top 15 pick, I'm going to make y'all think that. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm going to do all the media behind it. I'm going to make sure that my son is in the best position, whether it's a shuck or not. He's going to go top 15 because I put all this stuff in place and I have the power to do so. I ain't mad at LeBron for flexing like that. He about the LeVar Ball this thing, huh? Yeah, I, I love it. I love I it. I feel it. I feel it. I'm not mad at it. I, it you know, it's a, it's a quick rise. Like, he was up there and then he fell out yeah, and now he's back up there again. First. Mm-hmm. So, I don't I don't really follow or keep up with him that much. That's why I was there. Excuse me, y'all. I was asking Q. We haven't talked to him in a minute, so... Um, I mean, you, I mean, yeah, you tell me, he basically said this man like Austin Reeves. I mean, you, I mean, you tell me, you tell me he can't be Herb Jones on the Pelicans, like one of their key role players. You tell me he can't be um, Alvarado, their key backup point guard. You tell me that he can't be, um, at worst, he can't be, um, you know, what DJ Augustine was in the league, bouncing around from team to team, but has good, credible playoff experience good, credible playoff runs. If he gets a role of being like a defensive stopper, being able to guard guards and whatnot, like then I don't see why he can't, you know, be a, a Gary Payton the second, or he can't be um, what Dorian Finney-Smith was, a just knock down three and D guy. Like, you know, those are really, you know, valuable pieces. At, 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 at um, some type of ceiling, I mean, you probably see Tyrese Maxey. I could see, like, Cam Thomas. Like, Cam Thomas, you know, he's a flamethrower. Hot, you know, gets hot, gets cold. But I think, I think that they're probably going to ask him to be more passing, be more of a connector type of guy, be more of, like, a Draymond type, honestly, with, with obviously a much better three-point shot, which I think could be a great role for Bronny in the league, man. He could be such a key player for a nice uh, championship run a couple times. Yeah, uh, well, he's getting a lot of media coverage, that's for certain. So, for sure, we'll see how it go. Um, okay, uh, yeah, anything else you, you got on your NQ or? Um, no, I think I think we're good for right now, man. Uh, definitely talk about some draft uh coverage. I know Nick is gonna probably hit that coming up real soon. So, beyond that, I'll NFL be back. draft, yeah, I'll be back for NFL and NBA draft stuff. All right, cool, man. Yeah, it was good seeing you, brother. For sure, man. It's always nice. You know, now that I got the mob off me, paid off my debt, um, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I know how they go, man. Yeah, I know listen. how they go. Yeah, so uh, NBA Hall of Fame class. Oh, yeah, somebody dropped that in the chat. Uh, somebody said it was a white class. <laughs> uh, we're closing out uh, Spike. But, yeah, um, somebody mentioned that real quick in the chat. It was a... Uh, who was it? I know Dwayne got in. Wade got in. Davisky, Gasol, Popovich, oh, Becky yeah. Hammond. Yeah, Becky Hammond. Okay. And uh, Tony Parker. Yep. So that's that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Um, D Wade. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, yeah, they should have just reserved this whole thing for Wade and let them in later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> yep. Yeah, so. Uh, 
All right. Uh, but yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Way you know, taught LeBron how to win, so it made sense. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we got to leave it there, man. Uh, yeah, you were the only caller tonight, Rob. So we appreciate you, bro. Uh, so yeah, it was out there, but you know, we love, we'll, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. It's no big deal. Uh, so anyway, man, we'll catch you guys next time. We are out. Peace. Appreciate it.